John, us, and now we're on the floor. So, Fooler. Oh, there, there it is. There's the clap. Where's Wait, do you remember that? The, the Fooler or what is something like that from the Corn record, the first one? Did you, ever, did you ever get into that record? I don't think I got into the first one. It took me forever to get into Corn. Oh, really? So I, I, I liked them when I first heard them. <clears throat> but it kind of went downhill from there. I still think the first album is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, they listen. They did great stuff. They really did. So actually, I, just I saw them later. Be the the week that Blind was that the song that first like hit or whatever. The first time it came to MTV, okay. I saw that they opened for Ozzy. Mm. Actually, the Deftones were the two. <clears throat> and the Deftones' Seven Words, I think, was coming out like that night or something. Oh, wow. Um, so they were like, no, they had new metal or whatever really wasn't a thing quite yet. Yeah, yep. And then they showed up and did it all. Which is interesting because. Uh, They're still around, too. Is, I mean, like, I think yeah, both those They just came out right? with them. Yeah. yeah. I know Corn for sure. They just had something new the other. Like a year or two ago, yeah, really something new. And I listened to it. It's cool. It's good. It's got some vibes. It's definitely, uh, definitely corn. And that's not bad. Like I like it, but I never got like, oh, it's corn type of thing. Well, you know, it's from my guitar perspective. It's funny. Like in hindsight, people always talk about how the '90s like guitar playing is not as good as the '80s or something. Uh, I thought I it was so. way cooler. Like. So much more creative, in not, maybe not across. Obviously, there's creative players. And stuff, but yeah, 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 yeah. Like the corn thing was cool. I thought, man, they were making all kinds of cool sounds and stuff. Like really yeah. guitar-y, you know, like just exploring the instrument. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they didn't. Sh- they weren't shredding and like exactly. Like, like, like we needed to hear that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the point, you know. It's like the '80s had tons of shred metal all over yeah. the place. And it, it, it was great, you know. It was the, the instrumental, I guess you could say, guitar like plateaued at least during that uh, season on the radio. And you had Satch on the radio, Eric Johnson on the radio, uh, Gary Hoey on the radio. Uh, I, I don't remember really hearing too much Steve Vai outside of his thing with like Eat 'Em and Smile. Uh, they, they I don't really I, honestly. I, the only one I remember of those on the radio at all was Eric Johnson. Oh really? Oh man, I don't remember. So I don't remember the guy, maybe like. At midnight or something. I remember there was this radio station that would play like metal past like eleven or something. Uh. And I remember hearing like Iron Maiden for the first time and stuff. And maybe Satch was on there, but they're yeah. certainly not like regular radio. I don't remember. Maybe this what was that the summer song or whatever. Yeah, summer song was huge for Satch. I remember. I mean, huge. it certainly was on like commercials. I remember. What commercial was yeah. that? I think it was some truck commercial or something. Yeah. <laughs> But I remember hearing that on the radio, uh, Johnson on the radio, Gary Hoey. But he did that. It was a cover of, uh, uh, God, it was an instrumental cover of another instrumental tune. Uh, you know, so it's like, it, uh, it wasn't God, like, the oh, was it the, uh, the surfer thing? I think so. Yeah. I think so. So it, I remember, it, I remember hearing that stuff. Which now I wonder how I heard it, but I don't. I don't think it was on the radio. Mm. I mean, it was good, and it was fun for 
every guitar player is finally like, hey, look, we're we, we're legit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, you know, I guess to that point, that's like, that started getting old sounding, you know? It wasn't it wasn't particularly creative. A certain, there's always been creative players. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I, don't, I don't mean that. Like, gosh, there's probably some of the most creative players ever in the 80s, whatever. But I just mean, like, more like mainstream or whatever. Yeah, and, and that's uh, what it was. It was just a matter like the, of... The mainstream thing. And it was like that. It wasn't particularly creative, most of it. Or at least, I don't know. I thought the, the grunge stuff was way cool. I think the riffs were way better in the grunge era. Like, who writes better riffs than Soundgarden and Rage Against the Machine? And, like, like who actually writes better riffs than those? I don't even know if anyone does. Yeah, like, I'll give you bands, that. Maybe, I don't know. Like, I think Pantera and stuff was big then. Like there was like there was, like the coolest riffs ever. Like all those. Bands. But here's the, the underlying thing with all that is that the uh, the um, the guitar players, even though they didn't showcase themselves with some crazy shred show show in the middle of it, those guys were still <clears throat> top tier players. Like uh, I guess the yeah, thing certainly that a lot shocked of shocked me. The thing that shocked me was Tom Morello. Like the guy can groove and comes up with phenomenal riffs. All over the place. It's awesome. But I've always thought he was just like a riff king, you know, like nothing in terms of like, I don't know. It's like I, did, I just never heard him solo or anything. And then I think it was on an uh, audio save album where one of the tracks, he just tears it up. And I was like, holy crap. I guess this guy can really play. You know, so I respected his playing. I just didn't know he had the lead chops because I never heard him. Yeah. You know, it's just, just like it was in his back pocket, like the guitar player for uh, um, Blues Traveler. Like, like, okay. let me, I mean, but if you go to like any town in the U.S. with more than like three thousand people, there's yeah. guys that can pull off, or guys and girls that can pull off, you know, any of the like popular shreddy kind of whatever things. Yep. I mean, you'll find ten of them you know, mm-hmm. in a town of three thousand people, and that's just because you can't find the other ones that are yeah. already there too. You know, I yeah. guess it's not so special in a way, but the sort of unique the the sort of creative players, I guess that's why I'm picking on it. The ones that are trying to at least do something different or interesting, or even if it's even if it's a variation on stuff. I mean, some I know somebody's good. I can think of this guy. He'd be like, none of the stuff Corn did was original. Like there's people already doing that in the '60s or whatever. It's like, well, maybe, but like not in that particular, you know, yeah, vibe or whatever. Yeah. Somebody like yeah. Oh, yeah, somebody was used already doing that stuff with the vibe, you know, like and you'll find that some obscure. Th- so it's not new in that sense. I get that, but and I'm not I trying to it. say that. But yeah, I'm trying to say that it was creative, you know. Yeah, and uh, well, it's like the whole tapping and thing it grooved. Like, yeah, that that was a big thing I think with corn is they took the metal a- aspect <clears throat> and gave it a great groove to it, right? Like right. something that really is visceral and not just. Not that all metal is just angry, but not just angry. They really just gave it this. Uh, yeah. Well, flow. they also had a very uh, animated frontman. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that helps, right? Yeah, you know, I was thinking too. Like, I don't know what time it happened, but at some point, it's like the faceless band thing. Have you heard about that sort of like hypothesis theory that, like, around the two thousands early 2000s you started getting faceless bands but it really wasn't even in the 90s like and what i mean by that is slipknot (laughs) no like well i don't mean that i mean like everyone knew everybody's name in every band Mm -hmm. like everybody knew like duff mckagan and guns and roses like who knows like who knows that guy but people know who he was 
because he's mm-hmm. the rhythm guitar player. You know what I mean? Or they knew Malcolm Young, and they know, yeah, you yeah. know, like the people that you that weren't even like in the front of the band, like you knew who they were. And I was thinking, like even like Corn, like people knew Monkey and what I don't remember their names now, but Head is the other guy. Head, yeah, right. So it's like they they were known, like they were known names, and that was that was actually kind of good for music in a weird sort of way. Um, but at some point, it was like not cool for people to know who you were. <laughs> and like then nobody knew who anybody was. So you have like, I I mean you might know like so the singer might be known, but then that they kind of like the singer and the lead guitar player might be known, and then all of a sudden nobody knew the guitar players, and they only knew the singer, and then eventually no one even knew the singer. So you just know the band, but have no idea who anybody in the band is. And in some ways, it's like well that's because it's more about the music, man. But it actually kind of hurt. Um, it just kind of made it more generic, right? It became like, well, nobody knows who anybody is. So yeah. bands yeah, sort of died. And then I think that's part of the reason why bands aren't as big now as they used to be. Um, I think that all depends on the band to an extent. You know, it's well, like, wait, I what new bands name... come out now? You know, when you... I no, exactly. I was literally heading to that point. I'm like, you got guys like... You know, like Muse. Muse ended up blowing up gigantic. You know, and I remember seeing them in like a 300 person club. And yeah. like three times, it was like, first time I saw them was in Kent, you know, at the one of the things on campus there. And there was maybe 500 people there. And then the second time I saw them was at the, the Agora, I want to say, in yeah. Cleveland. And I had front row, or actually, it was general admission, but you were allowed to go upstairs. And I'm like, if I'm allowed to go upstairs, everybody went to like the main floor. I'm like, I'm going upstairs. And I sat in the front row of the balcony. Yeah. It was great. I could like put my feet up and like watch the band. It was phenomenal. Uh, and they had a kick butt show. And then they came around at, after that to the queue when it was, was it? I don't know what it's called now. Yeah, Progressive right. field or yeah. whatever it was. Rocket, mortgage, uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and then they filled that thing out. So it's like, they definitely blew up, but I can't tell you the names of anybody else. And right. even the singer, it's like, uh, it's them. It's a guy. Yeah, it became <laughs> so, faceless in a way. Um, yeah, yeah, it's sort of a weird thing when you think about it. So yeah, and even in, and if you, Muse is kind of a funny one because when did they really kind of kick off early two thousands? Mm-hmm. So they don't even really count for like the new bands, whatever whatever those are necessarily. But then look at the okay. bands where you do know people. Like if you think about like Periphery. And like Misha, like I don't know anybody else in there. Yeah, maybe it's because I'm a guitar player, but Misha's pretty well known guitar player. Do they um, even have and, a vocalist? Yeah, they have a vocalist. <laughs> Shows you how much I listen to them. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, so like that guy has created like a business, you know, like around his name, and it's yeah. sort of people. I think people. Here's the thing: when you have like a name to it, is the people will listen to the band because of the person then it, be, mm-hmm. it becomes sort of this where instead of just only listening to it because it's muse, like yeah. you listen to yeah. it. Cause it's like, Oh, Misha's playing with muse. You know, like you might be like, Oh, I like Misha. He's a cool dude. Like I'm going to check it out. Like his thing. And it, be, well, it becomes more of that or like slash or something, right? You're like, Oh, slash is doing this thing. I, I might check it out. Slash um, snake pit. Right. You but know, yeah. Right. So it's like the, there's like a, another side to it when you actually know who the people are. I just think it's more redundant branding. Like you have your big overarching brand and then yeah. you're like every different guy, if they want to, then kind of push their whole thing. Like Blink-182 yeah. was its thing. And I forget who the 
had a Blink One Eighty because I did whatever. But the drummer they, like they the would have been they, Blink One Eighty Two would have been starting around the Faceless time. Yeah, uh, but he like the God. What is his name? I'll think of it at some point. No, I but don't. like I never liked that. He band. started. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's one band I can say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather listen but, to like pop country than Blink One Eighty Two. Not saying I'm turning them on anytime soon. I'm saying that the guy that uh, the the whatever the band like he went off and did his own solo thing, and then the drummer still is like a bit his own brand of music thing, whatever the hell he's doing. You know, it's, it's a, and he's kind of turned into like the celebrity culture with that. And I'm not saying he's a bad drummer because of that. It's just like part of it. Yeah, sure. I, it's part of being a musician these yeah, days. Yeah, well, and that the the other thing is, is like he still teaches. Like he, he lo- I watched an interview with him, and he's like, he loves teaching the drums because he's like, I just want to be aware of the little kid that's going to come up and dethrone me. <laughs> you know, he's like, it's it's coming. I want to be the guy to help him uh, with that. I'm like, all right, kudos. That's cool. That's really cool. Sure. Um, and then uh, like now in terms of bands, you get like uh, what was it? Um, like Leprous is is one of the ones I can't name you any of the guys in the band. It's yeah. just Leprous. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Then, it's a funny thing, right? Because thing, I mean, yep. I'm just thinking like U two and like, you know, yeah, U two. It's like Bono, Edge, <laughs> Adam Clayton, and Larry. Larry. Yeah, whatever. What yeah, it's even like we haven't thought about, or I know I haven't thought about that for like 20 years, but I still remember their names. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I don't, I don't, I guess I don't know. Is that a good or bad thing or whatever? I think it it, it maybe is a good thing in a way because. What it allows those people to do because of those separate brands, so to speak, is they can really grow other things. Mm-hmm. So when it's like, oh, Lane Stanley's singing with da 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 da, and then this guy's doing, the, you know, like you start, you know, these people and you you like them. Yep. Or Tom Morello is doing a band with Chris Cornell. Yeah, that Audio was Slave, right? <laughs> yeah, so everybody gets excited about it because they know who they are. But if the drummer from Blink One Eighty Two. And the bass player from Nickelback and the <laughs> like the guitarist from Mudvayne and you know whatever started a band and you like you wouldn't know like it wouldn't mean anything basically. Even if those yeah. bands were at one point as big, you know, in the collective consciousness at that time when they were when they were at their peak as oh, any so of those other bands. But because yeah. they didn't like brand the people out in a way, like they they almost have no they almost have like no draw too. Like mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh yeah, I was the bass player for, uh, I, I don't know, uh, some band. <laughs> I don't know what that means, I guess. <laughs> Mudvayne, let's just go Yeah, with like, that. oh, I'll say, well, I'm the bass player from Muse or whatever. Um, and it's like, well, okay, you can play <laughs> this 40-person place. Like, no one knows who you are. Yeah, yep, yep. And so Unless you don't, you don't even have that. the ability to, like, I mean, you do because you have money, and maybe that helps. Certainly that helps. But it'd be harder harder for you to like grow a thing like oh I have this side project you should check out unless Nobody you're uh, what's you. this, James Maynard Keynes from Tool where it's like yeah, check they, out this side project right That's and everybody knows everybody's from Tool too so Tool was in in you know Adam wants I don't think the guitar player did any other big projects I don't know I I mean I followed them but I kind of like everybody knows Danny Carey right Danny Carey's but, a legend. They did that to whole like thirteen year hiatus between albums, and it was kind of like, where do they go? What are they doing? Huh? You know, you, oh, look at the Beatles too. Like everybody has their favorite Beatle or whatever, and everybody has their favorite Led Zeppelin person, and it's mm-hmm. and it, even then, I think you know, it's, it's not like it was. And same with you know Guns and Roses and Metallica, and 
spans everybody knows like everybody in the band it's really kind of an odd thing i don't know how we got on this topic but it is sort of fascinating it is kind of interesting that it it lays out that way part of it might have been actually intentional marketing like i think it was but it like sort of backfired it was like oh we're too cool to tell you who we are you know yeah like we're it's all about the music man like it's about the yeah i'm sure yeah (laughs) it's like well now buddy now now you're irrelevant like a week later Mm-hmm. whether that's good or bad and maybe it should just be about the music or whatever and maybe we shouldn't idolize all these people and blah 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 regardless um no, somehow at like, the same time when that happened the popular music sort of died and like bands just sort of died in terms of mainstream bands um it was just over there's more than that to it i'm sure the faceless thing but then now i'm thinking of it and i guess i'm just like rambling today but now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, well, Mark was on here, right? We had, what about yeah. the spectacle? He's like, if you don't feed the spectacle, then the spectacle punishes you. Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, I think you could argue that those bands and rock music got punished for not feeding it with their, you know, all these personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's probably some truth to that. Even whether they're good personalities or ridiculous or whatever, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think... I mean, certainly some people were more intense than others. You know, we just talked about Corn and uh, yep. Jonathan Davis is a a striking character, you know, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. And and even like the band itself, right? Everybody in the band like had a look and a vibe about yep. them that was not, you know, quote unquote normal or whatever. And it had to be sort of society had to sort of adjust to it. Um, so you you remember them because there's, they look different, um, mm-hmm. look different, act different. And the music was aggressive. Different. Yeah. And it was different. You know, yeah. it's like when corn hit the scene and you know, this was pre-internet thing. So it's not like it would have spread around organically to the degree that it would now potentially, you yeah. know, where it's like, Oh yeah, you got This comes up in Apple music as a suggestion. It was like, Nope, they got at a backing behind them and everything else. And then when they hit it, they had the full force of whatever label they were on pushing it. Yeah. And there's no doubt that the marketing aspect goes into it because everybody likes money and everybody <laughs> wanted to make money. Sure. And, you know, regardless of the typical sex, drug and rock and roll thing, which totally happens with those guys, like pushing that brand of like, yeah, we were drinking like crazy and da, 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 yeah. da, da, da. And, you know, I think, um, I mean, clearly that was part of it, especially if they went, all went to AA to get their stuff cleaned up. It's like, yeah, no, that wasn't a branding thing. You guys had a problem. But the cool outside of that is like even through that whole thing, they still are just as creative now, you know, if not more so uh, to an extent. And, you know, I remember one student that I had. Uh, are you talking about corn? Yeah. Well, I, don't, I mean, I guess I've been listening to the new album. I, if they sound like themselves, then I don't know how much creativity that is. But anyway, continue. Well, I, I think everybody's going to sound like themselves eventually. Like, they, well, in a sense, but like, there's obviously the people that grow and continue to evolve, and there's many that do not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Many who just do like sort of maybe they improve upon what they had in a sense, but they didn't. Maybe they're more polished. But they well, never the, really like. It's like uh, the, like the tool, the new tool album. It's fine, but like it sounds like they never listened to anything for the last twenty years. Like anything new. Like you didn't pick up like a new record. Like that. 
Oh, you didn't check out the like John Joni Mitchell something you never heard before or something like yeah. you didn't hear like a big band album or like a movie you didn't go to like any movies or anything like it didn't change like nothing changed how could you well, met, what like, was the thing did you see it was like a tweet that somebody put out he's like I just put my guitar in drop D there is no way it took Tool thirteen years to write <laughs> that <right>. new album <laughs> I was like oh you know not that the album's bad in any way shape or form but the it yeah, was just, it's just like, it's yeah just, it, it, it's fine. It, it sounds great or whatever, but yeah, you know, it, it just sounds kind of it kind of sounds the same, yeah. But at the same time, I'm gonna argue from the thing of it's it's Tool. Like if the Tools suddenly came out with another album that sounded like exactly like the Beatles, you'd be like, "What band is this?" Oh come on, but it'd be awesome <laughs> with that group of people. That'd be awesome. Okay. That would be kind of cool. I'm not the biggest Beatles guy on the planet, but that would be cool. But I'm just I'll, saying, I'll like, I mean, there, there are certain bands that get away with it. I think we talked to Matt about this too. Matt Hollenberg, check out that yeah. episode. I'm dropping all kinds of things here. <laughs> check out all our legacy episodes. The, uh, um, you know, it's like Radiohead or whatever, right? Like, you mm-hmm. you would actually be more bummed if they did a rehash of a previous album. It's kind of like, oh, we already did that. It's like you kind of expect the next like unexpected on the next record. That's just sort of the vibe they give, right? Yeah, but that's also they went like Johnny Greenwood and the bass player, I don't remember his name, went back to school and got doctorates in composition. You know, like they they went in and they oh, yeah, took they're that. Se- they're free. seekers. Yeah, they're seekers. Yeah, exactly. And some guys uh, but, might but be they're, but they also got the audience to like follow along with that, right? Mhm. Like, but that being said, there's also completely incredible musicians that just happen to enjoy where they're at with that type of writing thing. And that's okay because yeah. people still want more of this. Like, I get it. I'm on the same page as you. Is like, if I, I'm on a new album, I want to hear something new and creative from the same artist and see where they take it. Well, it should at least evolve. Yes. And that's where I'm going with that. It's like the evolutionary aspect of it is like some people like to evolve in the quote unquote spurts, like the big like, okay, we're going something radically different, like from Rattle and Hum to uh, Actung Baby. And other guys are like, you know, comparing their first album to their 10th album where it's different. But it's not shockingly so. It's only different uh, because they had a different engineer on it. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it could be that, you know. Just, yeah, I mean, you, you, we everybody picks on ACDC, and it's a model that works. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like you can't really you can't be like, oh, that was from the '60s, and that or whatever. That was from I'm sorry, the '60s. That was from the <laughs> '70s, and that, the only reason you know it's not the same band is because the singer changed. But yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. post back and black and black, it's like hard to tell. Like, which album was that? Like, what year was yeah. that? Um, but they, you know, it was a brand, and they just kind of make the same sort of brand of thing, and it's fine. And that, that I think is like one of the things I've noticed with teaching a lot and wide spectrum of level of players, some of them very serious classical, some of them rock guys, whatever, uh, especially this semester. And I have a ton, but like I learn the songs that the, the students learn, like I, they'll suggest them. I write them down. I, I look at them, you know, just yeah. cause I want to know what I'm teaching. And it, generally it's rare where I get something where it's like, uh, <laughs> give me a minute, <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, I, I had uh, one kid a, a semester or two ago that uh, was into like Holdsworth and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that's that's going to take a bit for me to even start to work up. Let's pick something else. You know, and I'm like, it would take me a good month and a half to just get the notes under my fingers, let alone really dive into what he's doing harmonically and everything else. Um, so it's like, yeah, let's wait on that. But 
with most of the with the point of this money trail is to say that with all this music that I'm getting myself exposed to by learning it, I get it. I, I find myself being less of the punk twenty year old guitar player, um, and more of the hey, they got their stick, it's working, and oh, that's it. Yeah, I don't have sure. to listen to it. You know, it, and, and I'm not saying that you're saying that or anything like that. Yeah, people should it, do whatever they need to do to make a living. Yeah. And it's there's some it's so complicated when you have a hundred people working for you, and if you make a bust of an album, then you just have to tell a hundred people they have to find a new job. Like, yeah, that's a I get that, and it it doesn't mean the music's good or bad or this is no, no reflection on that. Only as a an observer of uh, what I like. Um, I like to see when artists evolve, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, it's like, I don't need, I don't need to hear the same album again. And like a, a variation of it <laughs> that's essentially mm -hmm. the same and about the same subject material. I don't, I don't get a lot out of that. See uh, what I like, like the thing, like the, taking Muse as an example, Absolution, phenomenal album, Black Holes and Revelations really enjoyed it. The second law or whatever came after that, I was just kind of like, Meh. All right. They kind of lost the progressive. Um, yeah, they did change to something else. Yeah. But they did yeah. evolve at least, right? At least they're yeah. trying. And then the next thing, though, like the latest track, it just came out like I think a couple of weeks ago, oh, sounds more like Absolution. And I, I'm like, okay, now this is cool. Like, I, I need that little so bit. So I of actually like the second long one. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad album. I'm yeah. just saying it didn't have the edge that the other ones did. I like that it actually grooved or something. It was more electronic in yeah. my thing. And it, not that that's it's a bad kind of thing. kind of fun, yeah. yeah. I'm trying, I, I might be mixing up albums, but yeah, the newer ones I'm fine with. But I get what you mean. Yeah, they, they're totally different. If you listen to Absolution and <laughs> listen to the other ones, mm -hmm. it's like one it's is like fun. sort of like a pseudo-prog band and the other ones are more of a, I don't know, poppy electronica band or something. I don't know. What do you want to call it? It's just what, like, like almost like queen thing. meets electronica or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's actually a very good way to put it just without Freddie Mercury, which kind of makes it like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> whatever music is great. But um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, all those things are interesting. What's what it's multifactorial issues go into the uh, success and keeping of that success for that particular band. It's not just like, you know, none of the points that we've made are the end all be all points. It's oh, just sure. another thing in another stack of things that build the scenario that happens to be what it is. Um, that, uh, you know, that's just life to an extent. It's like they, they sure. found it, it. And, you know, I'd love to be in that situation where I have to be like, man, I have to please these millions of fans with my next <clears> album. <throat> You know, to an extent, you know, it, I'm not going to – the pressure to carry on some modicum of the same thing's success is probably tremendous. You know, and you really – if you're, you're sitting there and you're thinking about it, it's like, man, that uh, I had like, you know, a million sales or whatever, just like shouting it. And now I'm doing something new and it's like, shit, how do I replicate that? Like, do I do the same thing? Do I do something totally radically different to, to kind of keep that energy going? You know, yeah. like 
Are these even thoughts that somebody would have, or they're just? Oh, I think so. I know you didn't watch the Beatles thing, but you should, even if you don't like them, (laughs) Um, because it's pretty fascinating. So, like the reason the Beatles really like people want to say it's personality differences, but I mean, if you watch this video, which is only like weeks before they broke up, basically, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they get along basically just fine. Like, they there's some weird issues that sort of happen in it, and. It's a little bit of a power struggle, and part of the problem is their manager they had forever died. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were just like they did it on their own, and so they were in control of everything. They also—I don't know if you knew this—they stopped playing live like pretty early on. So, really? so remember they—they they started when rock was really kicking off. Here they are playing like Wembley Stadium with like a couple amps and like you know whatever like yeah, no yeah. one could hear them they couldn't hear themselves they couldn't sing the harmonies like it was just a total disaster, and then they were getting like death threats and things like it was just weird so they stopped touring. Hmm. So like the last like five albums they made like there's no tours or anything behind it. I don't even think they like, never played like live or anything. Um, but they were like. So they're they're rehearsing and whatever like for the the last album that they're basically writing and it was supposed to be for like this live TV show thing whatever, but it's just really interesting. I guess my the reason I bring that up though is when I saw an interview with Paul McCartney later, like on Larry King or something, and he was just like they they saw like Chubby Checkers and some of these other like old school rock and roll guys before them, you know. They were playing the same hits. They're playing like Enter Sandman and they're like 70 years old. And they're like, no way in the world we want to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't want to play I Hold Your Hand like like when we're like 70. Like, shoot me. (laughs) Like, they're not doing it. They didn't want anything to do with that. So more more or less, when they broke up, and I'm sort of hypothesizing here, but -hmm. I really think it was more about like, all right, we, we did good. Look how good we yeah. did. Like, man, we did awesome. And we know none of us want to just be like riding this gravy train forever where we're just playing the same hits and making everybody smile yeah. and saying it's the greatest thing ever. Like, we don't want to be that. They all were like super creative and wanted to do all this stuff. So they knew they had to finish it. You know, there was just like, it wasn't Yoko Ono or whatever. Like, it didn't seem like it either. And if you watch this video, like, it doesn't seem like it. Hmm. It seems like she's, I mean, she's there a lot. But it seems like, you know, they don't really care. They don't care at all that she's there. Like, they're like, whatever. Like, Linda McCartney's there before they're, they're not married yet. Yeah. And, like, like nobody gives, nobody cares at all. Like, they just don't care. And they're just, like, they're goofballs. And there's even a part where, like, they had this incident where George left. um, And, like, he was going to quit or whatever. And then it got in the paper and it's like... So when George came back, they're like reading the paper, this like super sensational article, you know, about how the Beatles are falling apart and there was fifth throne and things like that. Like none of that happened. Like it's all on video. Like, so like they had this TV crew there because they were going to do this live thing. So it's like, so they're all sitting there and then they're just doing like this, like free jazz thing when they're just screwing around. And Paul's like, you know, and George takes a swing, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> you know, they're just goofballs. Like, they don't, they don't care. Like, they're just making music, and they know they're good at it. Like, they, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not under any under any illusions that they're not very good at it. I mean, they're certainly had the egos in their favor, and that, you know, being in their twenties still or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
I don't know. It's just kind of fascinating when you think about it. Like, and there's another band, right? Everybody knows every single member of the Beatles. Um, and they all have personalities and favorites and I don't know. It was just, it's really interesting. And then and it's also interesting just to watch them sort of like rehearse. They like play the song 8,000 times as they're writing it, you know, and like George is figuring out some guitar part and Ringo's listening and it's just cool. Like it's, it's just cool as like a musician to sort of watch it mm-hmm. and see it too. So change the subject there a little bit, but yeah, it is know. it is worth checking out, like even just as a music fan, because they're good at it, and then they know thousands of songs. Like there's a lot to learn from this, like because they'll just show them like screwball screwing around, and they're like they know some random blues song from whenever, and they just they're bored, so they're like <laughs> sit there and they just start playing it, and everybody sings along, and everybody knows it, you know, and mm. like they must have, you know, they all knew like thousands of songs, you know, so it wasn't. It's not crazy to understand why they were so good at what they were good at, because they they did the work. They put time in. Yeah. They could all they could all sing. They could all make harmonies. They could all you know they could have all these skills. Um, they could all play every other instrument. You know, it's just a lot of like little things you could gather from it. Yeah, so, uh, I, I, mean, I might check it out, but <laughs> I know you won't. <laughs> I probably won't. No, I mean, like right, now, my, my my chill out formula for the night is uh, what am I? Doing? I'm playing through Halo Infinite, and that was just like that. It's like if I'm I gonna don't watch know what that is is that a game? game? <laughs> it's a game. You know, it's like I don't really watch shows that much, if at all. You know, and then uh, I mean, the only reason I started watching the Book of Boba Fett is I'm like, oh, it's only 25, 30 minutes an episode. All oh, right, no, you're the only person I know that's actually. Watched oh, it. I watched the whole thing. So you know, I, everybody I know who watched it. Well, I only know one person I talked to who watched it, and she was like, "I like I was pulling my eyebrows out like the first episode. I was ready to just like <laughs> jump off a building." <laughs> you know, I can't. I don't. I don't know. I, like I actually it. don't know anything about it. But I really don't like the like Hercules Xena like warrior going to the new town and like. I, it's oh, like, it, was it's the, total, it was a space western, man. Yeah, it the was space. space I western. I hate that. Like I, totally I don't hate it. I just it's just so boring. Like like that's why There's the Mandalorian. The only reason the Mandalorian was popular, in my opinion, was because of the Baby Yoda thing. They just nailed that so good. Oh yeah, they did, they, and they t- they played it off in the Book of Boba Fett as well. I mean, they were yeah. totally. Uh, I was just like, the, yeah, the, like the that cow, was money, like cash cow, yeah. So. But even like that was just like tedious. The acting was terrible. The scenery was great. <laughs> it looked awesome, but like, like I don't know. So I felt like I was watching Xena Warrior Princess. Like that's oh, it's definitely that. Level. I'm like, oh. there's no doubt about it. This is oh not like oh my god. And then like they don't even have like really any like power. They're not like her. Like she's kind of awesome in a way, right? Like she's like powerful and stuff. And they're not. So it's nope. even worse. It's like he's just got a lot of. <laughs> Tech and experience, but oh, you've got this special uh, material that you get to wear that shoots the bit. I don't. It's just I don't know. (laughs) See, you feel about that the way I feel about the Beatles, so we're we're good to go. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, anyways. Halo Infinite. I didn't know you watched it. That's funny. You you must have been shy to tell me. No, all the all the the smack I gave on Mandalorian. That's fine. I can. You know, it's funny. I, I saw Mandalorian it. when that was on. Like, I saw like social media people were just like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Blah blah. It's so much better than the 
last trilogy and da 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 da. That, uh, I definitely then, think it was better than the last trilogy, but I'm not under any delusion that it's. Like, there's no way that it was, James but Barrett. that's fine. <laughs> the, uh, um, but I haven't heard anything about Boba Fett. Like I'm just assuming no one liked it. I, it Boba Fett is in the divisive thing of like you either like it or you hate it. I think like, they were just like I'm like the biggest I, fan of it. It made me actually think fun. that people were it was total BS that anyone said that they liked Mandalorian. <laughs> they were just doing it because they hated, for whatever reason, the last trilogy. Oh no! Even I though it was like the it. only one that actually had good acting in it at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> it was but, more uh, of the, I think everybody was upset about what ha- the uh, well, just the the what episode seven was episode four, episode uh, eight. But was, it was better. <laughs> okay, no. It, 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 well, it was, Ray was way better. I, people have this like. I think people remember Luke. Is this like awesome, like superhero, like super awesome dude that was just amazing? And it's like then you actually haven't watched the movies because he's like the most. And the first one, he was the he's whiny such a oh, he's whiny. so whiny in all of them. He's the last just, one, he kind of grew up, and that's a bit. That's but I, like, no I, one likes that one either. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I liked all of them. I liked but, it. No, no, I I like Return of Jedi. That's probably my favorite one of the original one, despite yeah. the Ewoks. There's just so yeah. much stuff that happens in that movie. It's pretty awesome, but uh, Anyways, um, I don't know. Yeah, Luke Wars. is Luke is a uh, he's so whiny. I I think Luke's best movie is uh, the third of the last trilogy. <laughs> I think he was amazing. <laughs> he was so good in that. That was uh, like they finally let Mark Hamill be like Mark Hamill. It was like amazing. I just after that last movie, I went out and drank. I was like, oh god, at least it's over with. And maybe <laughs> if I have a couple of these, it'll it'll rinse my brain. Uh, but Daisy uh, Ridley is amazing. I'd watch anything with her she, in it. She's a great actress, but I just thought her the character in it was just like the uh, <clears throat> not the MacGuffin. That's the object that they find that solves all the problems. The uh, the Wonder Woman that was just like, oh, look, you, like you can totally tell they didn't think an arc. They were like, but there's this person that does this. And then and now she's Palpatine's granddaughter. That's why <laughs> she's so powerful. And you're kind of like, wait, what? You know, it, it, it just seems so convoluted and stupid. I mean, but uh, there's who else could I mean, I'm not going to totally defend it. I'm not I'm just trying to be a little bit yeah, devil's I'm advocate just, here, yeah. but it's like. Well, who else a granddaughter could, or you know, kid or whatever? She only was either that or like a Skywalker or whatever. Just, but even Skywalker, you know, got trained to an extent, you know, to whatever, however long he was on yeah. Dagobah or whatever that it was. But you know, it, it, this is it, 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 the uber <laughs> nerdness is coming through so hard right now; it's ridiculous. Which is fine because that's what we do. We get heavily invested. Yeah, right. Back to music, maybe. <laughs> Back to music. We should probably do the whole thing. The one where does tone come from in an electric guitar? That topic, that that video, the by wood, dude. Yeah, yeah, only the yeah. wood. Yeah, it, the funny thing is, is you sent me this video uh, at the same time. I knew I sent now. it to you, and I was like, I shouldn't send this to him. <laughs> I was saying, I've been saying it forever. I'm like, it's the pickups. It's got to be the pickups. You know, it's an electric guitar. The pickups do all the work. Um, and sure enough, you know, at least from this. Sure. Day, well, yeah, this, this is a this video somewhat specialized test, but. Certainly, yeah. it's a very it's, effective. Uh, it's a very test. effective test. It's a very eye-opening test. Well, yeah, very, for a certain sort of vibe, but yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I get like, you know, he's doing it solid body. He's comparing a solid body doing very hot pickups. 
Yeah, the very with a distorted out. amp. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's slightly distorted, not like you know, in you know, yeah, but enough yeah. An angle or anything like that. But oh yeah, that, sure. That, um, but you can totally hear. Like, there is there a difference? Very very small. I could hear it. Like I, I can hear that, but it wasn't like you know, especially when he did the air guitar, where it was literally yeah. a pickup on a bench, twenty five and a half. Yeah, if you haven't seen this tone. video, there's a guy. He will back up a little. He's like, so where does tone come from? And then he takes like it was like a telly. So he had a Tom I'm Anderson a like like telly. you know these are like Top four grand like impeccably made wonderful guitars. Everybody like anyone you know has a Tom Anderson or tried one. They're like the one just wonderful instruments and so he compared that to a tally kit that he bought for like a hundred bucks mm-hmm. on alibaba or something something like and, that. Yeah. and uh he builds it and then he tests it at first and like you know you can hear a difference um but then he starts changing some things he so basically like, well, just swaps out the pickups. Yeah, so first, I think the first is maybe it's the first thing he does is he, well, he makes like the action and stuff as much as he can the same and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then he swaps out the pickups, but they're still slightly different. Um, and he starts doing some more tests, but then eventually he realizes that like the pickup heights and stuff aren't quite the same. Mm-hmm. He, he was kind of eyeballing it. And then he went and like measured it mm-hmm. with like a very precise measurement. And like, <laughs> It's very it hard to tell of, yep. um, between the yep. difference between, you know, the Tom Anderson and this guitar in terms of sound. And they used the same exact pickup that was in the Tom Anderson mm-hmm. and uh, the same exact height and everything. And that was very just like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Now, again, it was a slightly distorted amp. It was a solid body, you know, Telecaster. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and then, then he, he thought, okay, down. what what would happen yeah. if we start removing parts? So he like cuts the body up, so it's just like on the beater, not on the t- on the beater, yeah, not on the beater. He turns <laughs> it into like a rectangle or whatever, you know, like yeah. it's basically like just the width of uh, a pickup. Well, all he, the way down. A, he makes a, he mounts a p- pickup on a two by four, like he grabs a two by. Oh, four that's right, he gets a two by four from his like from the, the barn or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like grab <laughs> he just mounts it. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so and he mounts he, the neck to that and makes sure all the distances and everything are the same. And it was and the same. Sounds thing. pretty darn close. It's like next. To, it was on the same level where it was like, yeah, that's just another Anderson guitar. You know, and that, that that's what you're – you could easily be like, oh, yeah, it's just the same quality if you were closing mm-hmm. your eyes and not looking at it and then realize, oh, my God, this is just literally a slab of a two-by-four right. with electronics dangling out of it, you know, because it's got no body cavities and a neck. And that's yeah, it. And then, and, then, and, then, and then eventually he's like, well, what if I just get rid of the wood? Yep. And he just mounted a pickup directly to the uh, – It was like two tables, bench. like these two metal – like measured heavy, it the right amount of yeah. length, like, and he put the – So tutor, scale length was all the same – Yep, all that stuff was all the same. <laughs> and it was, and it still it sounded. Yes, and then you like tune them both to like open E or e. something, so uh, that open E, yeah. yeah, so like he could use a slide on it. <laughs> and it was just like you're kidding me. Like it really sounds pretty close, right? Like the 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 kit guitar was like, all right, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, like the pickups do a lot of work, whichever. It and then like when he went to the two by four, I was like. Oh, that's that's a kick to the balls for everybody. That's like yeah. it's in the wood for this guitar. And it's like that, that clearly didn't make a difference. You know what and I haven't? Oh, go ahead, yeah. oh no, yeah. And certainly. Then I'm like busy. it went up to the air guitar, and you were like, 
oof, that's pretty damning thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and he was careful not to say anything. Like he didn't, like he was just like, yeah, he pre- presented it. It was but... really well done. Yep. I mean, there's yep. a lot of variables we don't know about. Like we don't know that he didn't change it. We didn't know he didn't lie about it. We don't know. Like there's a lot of stuff we don't necessarily know. Yeah, we're know. trusting the guy. I mean, we're trusting, like... and he seems like likable and trustworthy from his Even his channel like his channel's got like 67,000 subscribers and he does the all spectacle type of stuff says like he's uh yeah trustworthy yeah. or something well <laughs> and the funny thing i i was mentioning this before but i didn't get to finish it uh, that at the same time this video came out spectra sound which is a good, another guy that i follow on youtube who does metal engineering stuff great character funny to watch you know brilliant at what he does but he did, just did a video talking about uh, it's uh, what's the way to put it. He's like, it's not, it has nothing to do with the woods. He's like, all you Tonewood fanatics. And he's like, I know I'm pissing you all off right now. It has everything to do with the pickups. <laughs> you know, it's like if the pickups make the difference. The wood is like a minuscule consideration on an electric guitar and a straight solid body electric guitar. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, and he did the same thing. He A beat him. The same thing, you know, with pickups. And it's just like, oof, that's that's a hard knock. Now, big asterisk on that whole thing is like, though it sounds the same, the build quality is totally different. Like, sure. this is the one thing, like the Anderson, the thing that, that blew me away when I was playing that Anderson when I was at Jerry's Lefty Guitars is that neck joint was the most solid neck joint I have played on any electric guitar. On uh, my homemade one, on the strats that I've had, on the fly that I had, yeah. and the left ball that I flipped over. You know, it's just like that neck joint was unbelievable. And all it was was two screws. Sure. Which I was like, what? The? And he's like, well, look down at it. And if you look down the neck on the back, it's not flat. Like, it's not a flat surface. It's a V into an insert. You know, so it is like, he's like, the thing is so precision milled to get in there. That's why he has a production turnaround time that he does compared to another guy. Cause it takes the, the tolerances are so small. Oh, yeah. You don't well, I know. Like on the K line, uh, I had bought it from DHR down in Cincinnati. And they, anyway, those guys were telling me that like the K line guy in the same kind of deal before there's any screws in it, it's so form, firm fit. Like it'll hold the yeah, guitar. You can just pick it up. Yep. And like yep. you won't even know like the screws aren't there. <laughs> yeah, like that's and, how and, precision it is. And and that's yeah. a big selling point of these yeah. higher end. I mean, obviously there's value to, but the craftsmanship is a huge thing. You know, absolutely. And so yeah. I don't think you have to go out and get like you know this. Oh, I gotta have a swamp ash. This like I like swamp ash because it's light, but it uh, it's not gonna make a difference in that. Now, if you had a semi hollow or a or a uh, arch top. You're going to talk about differences with the, the tone woods and everything else because it's a yeah, lot. Yeah, so more I think there's a, the, it'd be interesting to see the same test with lower output pickups. Mm-hmm. So those were like stacked, whatever Duncan something or other that are, you know, like higher Smart. output pickups. Yeah, yeah. That are and that's a big deal. So generally, like the rule of thumb is you hear more wood with lower output pickups. That's like part of the appeal. Um, and then even like. <laughs> Like a lot of like players that have more of a we like what we call like a woody tone off like often like the pickups are really far away from the strings <clears throat> instead of being super close. Um so it'd be interesting to see if what the deal is there. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, clean, just a clean signal instead of distorted. Cause distortion tends to, you know, it's a compression thing. Even when there's just a little bit, yeah. it's very compressed. Um, which can make things sound the same. So it'd be interesting to hear like a very dynamic kind of amp, very dynamic playing and all those kind of stuff. It's sort of hard to replicate because if you don't play it the same dynamics or whatever on both times and like, yeah, well, I mean, that was things that he factored into that. He was well, he just, said he tried, know, but like, imagine, imagine you spot. took the Tom yeah. Anderson, right? Let's just let's pick on that one again. Okay, it's precision instrument, blah blah blah. He plays super clean. You just heard yourself play something very dynamically. You know, it's gonna have peaks and valleys, and you know what it sounds like now. It's like it's in your ear. <laughs> if you now play the cheap one the same pickup whatever will you subconsciously like pick lighter or whatever if you had to will you subconsciously just to try to mimic the sound you just heard you know like will you do it without even like could you even control that like i don't know if you could like if you were expecting it to be the certain volume i think you would just do it you would you you would so you figure you it would. out. You'd figure out a way to do it. Now that might be more reason why you don't need the Tom Anderson because <laughs> you're because if you're a good enough musician, Everybody you can you can make you can make yourself do anything. But I'm just saying, like, I think a good musician would be like, well, that's too loud, like instantly, right? And they would back off or whatever. That's too that's not loud enough. So I'm gonna hit harder oh, the next time. It's yeah. it's one of the things that you notice. Like it's like. Uh, well, you know, for example, it's like if I play in a Yamaha from the Thames, my tone and everything else is still there. Yeah. Like the, all that stuff, that's the consistent aspect of it. But I'm probably subconsciously angling everything to get the same exact – or not subconscious at all. I'm totally consciously angling everything to make sure I get the replication of the same tone that I get on my other guitars. And I think that that's something that gives people their signature sound to an extent. Yeah. Now, does that – but – if I try to do that on an electric guitar, it's a totally different ballgame. Like, it, it, there's so many more different, it, not so many more, but there's such a different aspect of what's producing the sound that I'm not going to get, like, the same sound. Yeah. To, but, um, yeah, it's tricky when, you like, you pick up one guitar, single coil pickups, and they're humming or whatever, and the next guitar's got super hot pickups and has a wide yeah. fretboard and whatever and one has high action another one doesn't and like you're not you don't play the same yeah exactly and that so i think like as this guy was doing the uh the testing he was doing it as close as humanly possible without having it literally robots play it oh no i agree it was Uh, very well done for what it was for yeah that's the only way to get the next step like if you really want to do that you'd need to be like completely automated with being able to see like the pressure of the pick on the strings and you know the 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 speed of the pick going through the strings and all this stuff if you wanted to do it quote unquote as scientific authentic authentic, you know for what this was it was a pretty damn good second rate test quote-unquote no like, sure I, I don't know if, if you saw like my facebook page i put oh great pickup prices are going to go up now you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, yeah you know though it does make me think like okay well who are the people's tone that i really like and what pickups are they using yeah no, and on I mean, what, what sort of like style guitar like so then um meaning like the scale length or whatever is the same at mm-hmm. least 
Um, yes, that's kind of yeah. It's interesting to think. Even like oh the 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 test with the uh, the benches didn't he he didn't even did he even use a bridge like <laughs> I think he he used a he used a bridge like okay. the saddles but no nothing on the other no like no not he literally put the tuning peg into the yeah other right peg. so like that's another just in anyone who hasn't seen it like I was just <laughs> he didn't even have like the bridge like if you were or a bridge or whatever it was the nut. tuning side like the nut yeah. wasn't the same so like he changed. Like even that wasn't the same. Wasn't like he matched it was that basically hardware. The pickup and strings, right? Set out. That's it. Like that's all that he had going on there. And I think that that's uh, it's a pretty big tell, you know. And th- that's the other reason too. If the pickups didn't make that much of a difference, people wouldn't swap them out. Yeah, a lot you of know? people say that pickups don't make any difference, right? Which you'll hear crazy. you'll hear that a lot. Um, oh yeah, don't change the pickups. That's you know that's a myth or whatever. They're, but they obviously make some difference. Mm-hmm. Um, whether one's better or another, that's a whole another like that's adding, a subjective tasting. Yeah. You know that, that clearly. You know, like I, one of the things that I notice, it's like I tend to really like Toast and Abbasi's sound in terms of the crunch and so on, and it's like that's totally the Fishman influences. Totally. Like, well, you they, only had those what the last album maybe. <laughs> No, for a while, like for real, it, yeah. Certainly not the first album or the second definitely one. I not. wouldn't think definitely not. Definitely not the first, but I think like the last one he definitely had them. And then, oh, you know, that's a good point. Maybe from all the video, all the videos that I've seen him play, have always been the fish influences. Like generally now with his, uh, I have a really hard time imagining those things are good, but I'm happy if Fishman wants to send me some. <laughs> let me try. <laughs> yeah, but I have a really I, hard time like believing that those don't just sound weird. But see, I want to get them for my six string and my eight string. You know, I would definitely try. be happy to try them, but I don't know. It's just like back to the modeling thing, like. They probably have well, like characteristics it. of like the things you're supposed to have. Well, that's exactly what they are. Though. Sounds like it, but like it wouldn't be it. <laughs> but the, the bigger question with even with that is like, but maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe that's they're they're trying to do the. Well, I know, but that's not how they pitch it. I get it, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. It's like, <laughs> sure, it's, yeah, it's close enough. They're pitching it like, oh, you can have all these things, like just like. Yeah. Like I seven. was literally looking at a boss. Uh, I'm probably thinking about that because I was looking at a bossy guitars earlier. I was like, I wonder if they're having their scratch and dent sale again. So <laughs> it, it's like it, 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 Julie gave me permission to buy one of the eight strings, and I was like, these are things you don't tell me. Not I even was so that. close to buying a gypsy guitar this week. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. She's like, oh, you're yeah. doing it. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Well, I also have that other build. So if I didn't have that going on, I would have done it. Yep. Yeah exactly you not know, that i need uh, permission really but like, i think i still gotta get it I, I just feel bad because i have all i have all these guitars i'm not using right now i need to get rid of yeah i'm in the dilemma of uh i'll probably restring my guitar this weekend for the concert next sunday but i'm also just like if i restring this thing the first rehearsal is going to be a pain in the butt restring it now it's, yeah i'll probably do it tomorrow or the next day just to make sure it's for sunday uh, you said no it's for next sunday so oh, it's a week. You'll be fine. Uh, well, yes, but no, because there's a lot of Bartok pits, which is just like ganking on the strings 
and it, it keeping it settled through the entire set like it doesn't do it now and these are old strings so it's like i have to t tweak it a little bit which there'll be time but it's more of a i'm don't want it to go horrendously out of the second movement is the one with all the crazy extended stuff i'm like i, I don't really want that to uh so will you bring like a snark tuner or something up there oh yeah for sure uh, I'm not going in blind with that. I'm supporting a choir. I'm not going to do it by ear. You know, it's, like, it's, it's, it's going to be tuned to the nth degree. That'll be interesting to see if they're using your pitch or not. You might have to no. check. So, like, I'm, I'm doing these gigs with the acoustic stuff, and Paul has the allophone, which is kind of like a marimba, but it's made out of aluminum. Pretty interesting instrument. But, like, and then he also has marimbas, but they're slightly tuned different then you know like whatever your fancy tuner tells you so you have to uh adjust the guitar really yeah so you otherwise it's not yeah because like the I, I think that the the marimba is a little bit sharp and then the okay yeah so you like you have to like adjust to it otherwise you just every note sounds out of tune and he can't change his yeah exactly so like you have to just go with it it's just kind of like um you see some of the violin video, like master classes. You ever watch these? They're pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, like Arthur Arthur Rupert or not? Why am I? I'm blanking on names here. Um, like high fits or something. You know, like doing something, and then it's like, you know, violinist, the pianist. If you didn't notice that G is flat, like you're gonna have to like adjust your pitch on your violin to make it work. You know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. you can't just go and be like, this is where I'm supposed to put my finger. Like you yeah, have to adjust. Yep. <laughs> So I don't know, it'd be interesting to see. And then like singers can sing more in pitch than the you know, especially with harmony, right? Than the guitar. Oh yeah. Band. Yep. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if you have to like it's a lot of chord bend stuff. a few little notes or something here and there and make it work. Well, one of the things that's interesting is that the uh which one the third and fourth movements have a lot of harmonics. A lot. And not just like twelfth fret, it's like Ninth fret and fourth fret, you know the ones that really speak on a classical. I'm like, who the hell wrote this? Yeah, right. You know, it's just like, come on. They don't speak on any uh, instrument. What are you talking? Yeah, about? exactly. You know, unless you got some super high gain thing going right, you on. You put so, a compressor on there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you know, I, I had to really learn to like, okay, I got to make sure that I'm getting close to that bridge to really get the, but not so much that I turn it into a pit or a um, ponticello, but enough so that I can get that note to really speak. You know, because uh, uh, there's a choir going on. Yeah, sure. So, it's, it, I'm, Nine's I'm tough. Assuming, but yeah, not, the ninth. I honestly like considering the ninth and the fourth fret are exactly the same. Yeah, I go right. always go the fourth. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like the ninth is so. The only time that I don't do it is when I have to hold a note over and play that. Yeah, it's really hard to not get that just to go like thump. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, 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 dude that's that's the stuff of nightmares for me personally it's like that's the last thing i need to do it's it's right in the middle of it you know during the solo part where like there's a couple of spots where it's just guitar and it's a, just just harmonics yeah. and i'm like if you flub that you're just it's just thunk tweet thump. thank everybody <laughs> i'm here next week you know tip your waitress on the way out but um it'll be fun you can just go and <laughs> can somebody sing that harmonic thank you yeah. um the, the 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 first one the first rehearsal is just gonna be lining everything up like completely like, so where is the show is there gonna be any mics on you or anything i'm assuming like i emailed them i emailed the director this past week to be mainly to ask like i'm assuming you want me 
amplified because I have yet to see any. No, I saw one video where the guy wasn't amplified, and but that wasn't with a full choir. That was like with thirteen singers, well, yeah. twelve singers, and he was the thirteenth member of this thing, and he was sitting in the front in front of them, which I'm like, that's doable, but that would be so weird, right? Like, yeah, it's so weird in terms of like, like he could see the conductor, but to have the choir. Yeah, whatever. It made sense sound wise. Like the 19, you know, like before they played with amplification, you'd play a solo, you'd move to the front because your sound would get there first, you know, to an extent. Um, and uh, so it, that's the one setup, but every other one that I've seen, and I've, I've looked at like three or four different videos, they've all had mics, you know, SM57s just not sitting in front of the guitar so that they could get it to, so that it'll cut through. Because I mean, there's times where it's like mezzo piano. I'm like, there's a choir. Do you might as well just have me not play? You know, <laughs> we were like <laughs> yeah. yawning or whatever. This is yeah. in front of an audience, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It's the uh, um, it, uh, it's at the chapel at Ashland. So, so this gig uh, I have on Saturday is in Columbus, and it's at yeah. like an old chapel, but it's now oh, a cafe cool. or something. But I guess the acoustics are good. That's we'll awesome. See. Yeah, Should yeah. Be about fun. to find out. Gonna find out. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy. Be... Yeah, I always like playing shows. Yeah. Hey, I mean that's this. I'm looking forward to doing this one. Like I even had to have my like my mom's flying in to help us out for that week because it's oh, also cool. like, it's Julie's hell week of school at the same time. It's like, right. well, I mean, I didn't take the gig till I made sure that I had somebody to come in and help because it's just like yeah, sure. I'm going to be pulling twelve hour days between rehearsals and uh, teaching all day. And she's going to be doing the same thing with her clinicals and everything else. So it's I mean, like, I'm sure they're paying you like 50 grand for it. I remember, right? Oh yeah, totally. I'll be able to pay off the house. Are you kidding? So no, it's, it's just fair, fair amount. So no, no, I'm just messing with you. No, I know, but it's, it's, it's a typical thing. It's like, you know, if you, yes, you get say, and this is not the number that, uh, I'm just throwing a random number, but say you get like 450 bucks for a show. That's, that's a good amount of money. But what you don't see is the, yeah. 300 hours that go into the prep oh, yeah, sure. for that one show. So it ends up being like less than minimum wage. That to, but that's what we do. And that's why I like it. And it gets better, like in the sense of like, as you get more accomplished as a musician, it doesn't take you 300 hours to get ready, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, uh, and it's one of those, like, you never know when somebody's going to see it and then the opportunities that leads to and Yeah. That, that's pretty much thing. It. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there is something to be said for exposure bucks, but not a, solely exposure bucks um you know it's uh i'm just stoked that i'm going to be playing at a university level and got asked to do it you know that's uh, my big thing so i definitely got my stuff together i mean that's pretty much outside of like my warm-up that's all that i've been playing <laughs> like this it's like so you're it, saying you won't have an album april 15th i'm so i was just gonna come uh, mention well not just gonna mention that but i already got it planned because as soon as i'm done with this the Kenyans, uh, spring break kicks in. Uh-huh. So I'll have two weeks of being home. You know, I won't have to worry about it. Uh, and, uh, that is my window because that same album set is going to be in my solo set at the end of the month of March. So it's just the way things it's like, well, I don't have like a publisher deadline for the album outside of our little bet there. So, and I know you're behind. I, on it, I haven't so. even started on it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, I'm not too worried about I that. I might have somebody but, who played drums on it. So sweet. and bass. So I think it's mostly me now. 
<laughs> Damn it. Uh, the worst thing I wanted about- to get, well, it's funny. I wanted to get this Night Terrors thing out of the way, which is, and then this Columbus one came up. It's like, well, so the Night Terrors, what was that, like a week or two ago? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was last week. I don't know. I'm losing track of time. But uh, I was like, oh, I'll get that done and then I'll have be able to focus. But yeah, it is what it is. I'm happy to have a gig. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, uh, that I'm happy to do this thing. It'll be fun working with the choir. I'm going to be, it's going to be curious to see how it all lines up. Like it, it's been a while since I've played with a conductor in the sense of like, sure. especially now that I'm just a solo instrument. It's so it's going to be like, I've been asking all the, and I'm guessing other, well, I know they're the appropriate question of what is the tempo that you're taking these at? What are the recordings that you like of the pieces? Yeah. You know, how it's, and are you getting replies? That? Yeah. It's been, it's been good. He's been like, Oh, I like these ones. You know, these are the tempo. He's like, this guy tends to take it. The funny thing was, is like my favorite recordings of it. He's like, the guy takes the tempo way too slow. And he does, Damn. like he does. It's like the 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 third and the fourth movement. I I love it at the slower tempo. It just really lets it like grow vocally. But um, not that it's bad at tempo. But he's like everything's going to be at tempo except for maybe the second movement, which he's like I don't think we're going to get the choir whooped up to uh, that tempo that we need because it's 160 beats a minute. So it's which is pretty cooking for everything. Um, but uh, it on the funny thing is, it's 160 like, words per minute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's more of the like that one has like the all the Bartok pitch, and you know, I'm bending strings around each other to get the um, drum effect and stuff like that, and get that uh, all going. Uh, it's really improved my counting like crazy because that one it's all over the place. It's like four and six and uh, eight eight and three four. It's it, two. Yeah, it's, nice constantly shifting meters all over the place and it's fast so if you're not counting and being on top of it boom sure. you know i got my notes lined up to like where the choir comes in so if i do fall off the bandwagon i can get that and there's a couple <laughs> of uh, spots where it's just me leading the choir in so it's like okay even if i screw this up i have this little lick where it's like the, this glissando and bar talk and then it starts type of thing it's like okay That'll be the signal, and I can kind of compensate for that. Always looking for an out. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those. Smart. It's, it's smart. It's like, it, where do all these things line up? And, you know, how do I keep it? And even the the slower tempo ones, the recordings that I've listened to, are the guy was mostly on. He missed some stuff, though. And that, not catastrophic mistakes, but instead of, like, doing something that's supposed to be a golpe, he'll strum the chord instead, you know, just like, which is easily done because I have it all highlighted in the score of like every golpe that I'm supposed to be doing gets a yellow highlighter mark. And it is like, yeah. just so I know that's what that is, you know, rather than missing it. Um, Cause it's just, you know, it just has a small plus above the notes that it, for it. So it's very easy to miss a tempo. Um, so th- there's that. And it's, uh, he, uh, th- there's another recording where I was just like, this guy is way off in terms of the guitar. <laughs> like his solo parts were like blazingly quick compared to everything else. I was really surprised they used a recording. You know, I was kind of shocked. Yeah, I, he was with it with the choir, but with everything else, it was just freeform jazz explosion, you know, and in one sense, it's like, what is he doing? You know, it, it, okay, but don't you want to be at the same tempo when everything else comes in? <laughs> no? Okay. You know, whatever. And we'll see when I sit down and talk to the, yeah. the, the in the thing. It's like, well, what do you want? Because 
Yeah, they might say, "Can you do freeze form jazz explosion?" Please. Yeah, what do I have to say? It's not the Munchkins and Spinal Tap. It's Spinal Tap and the Munchkins, or whatever that uh, <laughs> sign was. Uh, that's a thing. But yeah, so anyway, so that's my yeah. Thing. I'm all for the you know a lot of the music we do with Night Terrors in particular. Oh yeah, it's very it's challenging. All- it's always like weird time signature stuff. I I mean I put notes and then like I mean I don't have any issue with. I was telling somebody today actually um, about conical. I use it all the time with that stuff because mm-hmm. it's just easier sometimes to just be like taka danagina dam taka danagina dam taka danagina. You know, mm-hmm. like something's in seven, and then or if it's like taka danagina dam taka 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 danagina dam taka taka. You know, or something like so that's in thirteen. You know, it's like I get these little like sometimes I have to do that otherwise yeah. it's because the we'll do these like polyrhythmic things where Paul's really in three and then I'm really in 17 and you know, like they're like (laughs) overlaying each other. And if you try to like you, it's not like they line up together or whatever. So you end up in these weird spots and, and then when it it doesn't end together, so you have to, you know, you you want it, it's supposed to end because of the mathematically or whatever it works out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you have to really be on top of that. So yeah, all the little cheats and like just remembering to like even do that kind of stuff really helps. Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't can't say enough about conical too. It's helped me so many times. I should probably get into that. <laughs> it's just easier to say. Like it's not any. Yeah. You don't have to change any like thought process like or anything necessarily, but instead of going like one two three four five one two three four five or whatever which is really hard to say just being like danagina 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 hey don't forget about hippopotamus yeah hippopotamus that's another one for five what was there was one i used to work at sam ash music store or whatever and they would play this drum video now it is like Boom boom barbecue chicken Hey, whatever I mean I But I remember it, I guess. Yeah, no, I used to play all the time. I was like, good lord. I, I mean I tell that to my students all the time. I'm like, be the weird looking guy that's counting out loud. Sure. Like do that. Like you can do that now and ingrain a good sense of time right out the get-go, or you can fight against it and try and guess. And trust me, guessing never works out. I mean, you're already nervous enough playing in front of me, even though I'm not, like, trying to do anything intimidating or whatever. But if you're going to not... like... Yeah, it's... it's, What the hell? (laughs) No. Uh, But it's... uh, They're, like, ready to start, and you're just like... Just stop. Why don't you just pack up the guitar? Like, yeah, this isn't gonna work. I, I gotta go get some coffee. Just don't. Just just stop. I already hate it. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, I haven't I, taken the guitar out yet. <laughs> trust me, I know these things. So. <laughs> oh man, yeah, but uh, it's one. That's I keep pushing that. Like you got to get the rhythm set. Oh, it yeah. Makes everything easier. And it's it's it, for me. It's exciting to see them. Like I'm like, okay, say this rhythm out loud. They'll say the rhythm out loud. Okay, now play that passage you kept tripping on. Nail it. I'm like, that's what's going on. You just. Listen, I know it's an extra layer of detail that you need to be atten- pay attention to and aware of at all times, yeah. but it makes things easier because you know where they are. You know, if you, if you know where something is, you're a lot less prone to get nervous. It's when you're walking alone in the dark that you 
you get scared because you don't know where the layout is. But if you had lights every single spot, you're like, okay, you're a lot more comfortable. Yeah, sure. that's the, the counting is part of it. It's just gotta, it's gotta be there, and it makes for me, it makes my life so much easier. It's like it, the fast passages, I'm counting all the time. Yeah, because, and I keep pushing on the idea back against the idea of fast. I'm like, don't don't think of this as fast. Think of this as subdivisions. Sure. You're counting something in there because if you think fast, you're gonna you're gonna rush. It's it's just gonna happen. Like guarantee you. As soon as you think this is fast, you might as well just put your foot down on the. I was gonna ask path. you. So, so I know we've talked about metronome a lot. So when do you turn the metronome off? But you turn it off when you can count confidently. Well, I that's, guess I'm asking like, so that's when you do it. Like, so, so like this piece you're doing now, are you still using the metronome on it? It depends. Like the, there's a couple of sections where it's got some pretty wicked rhythm shifts and like rests in the middle of it. So I use that time guru and kind of like set it up for those bars. Cause it's brilliant for that. Yeah. Um, but then like, you know, I'll, my thing. Time my, guru my, is a metronome app if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I think it's like three there. or four bucks or something. It's totally yeah, worth yeah. it. You Three, can put some, all kinds of weird, cool, neat things in there. It's great. You can basically, pro, it doesn't matter what meter, that, unless it goes above 14. So you'd be out of luck, but uh, <laughs> it's like up to 14. Uh, you can do any type of subdivision within that. So, and it's, it's yeah, great. You can like break up the beats and triplets yep. and whatever, quintuplets or whatever you want, really. It's up to septuplets, I think, is as far as it goes in terms of yeah. The I think there's septuplets, yeah. Either well, way, it, yeah. Either way, yeah. Right. I mean, so I, yeah, I, so I, it's I, nice, and then you can actually it's it's got this clever little feature where you can like randomize when beats are missed. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so you can like, great. and if you put it like fifty percent, like you'll never get it. But like, if you put it like thirteen percent, it's pretty awesome because it'll skip like some of the beats, and you got to make sure you're on time, especially mm-hmm. if you're using like. Any subdivisiony kind of stuff. It's interesting. Yep. So I would say, like, for this piece, I run it in the section. Like, I'll go through the sections with all the rehearsal markers four times each with a metronome, and then I run the whole thing without it. Okay. Yeah, that's what that's what I was gonna get to. And that, yeah, it's and so, so much different. I mean, I do written material, but a lot of times, you know, a lot of times my practice is about improvisation and trying stuff, and sometimes that means. You know, like a really good practice in jazz is to not use a backing track, like with chords and stuff in it, but just use a metronome or a drum beat yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And you should still hear the chords. Like that's the mm-hmm. big thing, even mm-hmm. though you're just playing single lines. That, I and, tell uh, this to my students something like, if I can't tell where you're at harmonically when you're soloing, yeah. you're just spitting notes out. Yeah. Like, so you were like, if you have a backing track, like you can kind of get away with almost anything in a way. Um, yeah. So you have to learn how to like, tell the harmony that you have a control over it. But, and then that's also like when you're superimposing other stuff or whatever, you should be able to like, this is what I'm doing. You should be able to hear it and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that still isn't getting off the metronome necessarily. So it's, it's kind of an interesting thing where I think with pieces, you have to just drop it at some point because you don't want to be married to it. You want to learn, how to do it without it. You want to learn. And then you're going to need to like record yourself or something to see, am I actually playing that right or whatever without mm-hmm. a metronome? Um, so you're working on your time without it. So anyway, I was just curious. Yeah. So, I haven't recorded myself playing it yet, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. Cause I, yeah. it's like, I, I've played through it and then I listened to the recording. Oh, oh, we've it. been going on so long. We probably should stop. But I, 
fascinating thing I noticed the other day. Okay. And uh, my daughters are both in the dance. And my one, my oldest daughter, she's getting like really into it. Um, she might even be like really getting into it here soon. But anyway, she had a private lesson. She's been taking some private lessons at the dance studio. And it's a really good, like high level ballet, whatever they like. We, we've gone through a few dance studios and like you go to the re- the recitals like they're pretty cool or whatever like the ones for here are like jaw dropping like you're just like oh my god like and they're like oh yeah this 17 year old's gonna be leaving his family and moving to north carolina to join this ballet company or whatever you know like like they're putting out like legit like ballet nice thing. anyway i i'm sitting there waiting for her and i see her practicing inside and what do you what did i notice and i and i know you probably you're, you're gonna be like well i i, I know this because you've seen it in movies or whatever but what do ballet studios have in them? They always do. Bars? Mirrors. They have oh, mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> Instant yep. feedback for everything mm-hmm. they're doing. So I mm-hmm. saw my daughter like doing this spin thing and the girl was working with her and she's making her like stare at the mirror as she's doing it so that she lands in the right p- place and her feet are in the right place or whatever. And I was like, man, that is just like music. Like mm-hmm. it's just like recording yourself for like 30 seconds and listening back and is what you thought because because she was telling me too she's like she thought she was like her shoulder was down and the teacher's like no it's not it looks good right there she's like no it's definitely not good and they're like no look in the mirror and she looked in the mirror and it's actually up and it was like that kind of thing where you're like you think something yeah. about what you heard or what you thought you were doing but you need that feedback to tell you you know what's going on anyway i, I was just i was like man why didn't i ever think about that before but like Ballet is such an old art form in a way, especially compared to guitar, where yeah. Uh, yeah. it's just built into how they teach it. It's built in to have mirrors there in dance studios because that's the they're presenting something as a physical like art form. So mm-hmm. you need that feedback like instantly, you know. Um, we I guess, I guess it's a learning experience as a musician to be like I should be recording myself more, which I do a lot now, but it's a really good thing to record yourself because you're like, Oh, I thought I was playing that straight or whatever. And then you're like, that's not actually straight. Or I thought that was doing this or that. And then it's not that, or, or I thought that was terrible. But then you listen back, well, maybe that wasn't as bad as I thought Yeah, That's the biggest thing that I tell my students the same thing. I'm like, if you want to keep, if you want the honest feedback, record yourself. The problem is you can't be like, um, I mean, it can, the, the advantage that the dance had is it's instant. It's like, yeah, you know, it's really like that. So I've noticed you really can't record more than like 20 seconds, like 20 or yep. 30 seconds. Yep. Yep. Otherwise you're like sitting there, like you were played for five minutes and then you listen back for five minutes. And at some point you just kind of like, can't yep. take listening for five minutes. So you just zone out and you don't, you don't, you can't really pay attention. So mm-hmm. you gotta do these like little, like 20 second blurbs. You know, then you can actually the, focus on it. Yeah. At least in, in my world, the metronome is the instant feedback for me. Well, I, well, but this is an interesting thing. I no, have recorded been, myself with a metronome, and you think that you're doing something with the metronome, and you're hmm. not. You're not hmm. at all. You're not even close. You're like, I thought I was right with the metronome, and then you record it, and you're like, huh. <laughs> I yeah. was way ahead or way behind, or like that was completely inconsistent. Hmm. And I hmm. thought that I was dead on. Hmm. So I think you can't trust yourself. You can't trust any yeah. instant feedback. For whatever reason, you can't. It gets it gets okay. better. It gets better. You should you should record yourself with a metronome, 
and then be like, huh, was that, was that actually good or not? And it's, it's sort of a dangerous thing I'm telling you to try no, uh, because you're probably like, you might jump head first out your window, but, um, it is a, it's a hard truth, but it's a good truth to learn. Yeah. Highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah. I, same here. So, um, even though I still think it's somewhat of an instant feedback, depending on the, what I'm learning. Oh, cer- certainly um, it is in some sense, yeah. but yeah, you get better at it and then you get better at hearing it. I don't know. It's kind of funny how you can hear stuff after the fact better than you can hear it during. There's, I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, we talked about that bandwidth of your brain or whatever. Can't keep up, but yeah. All right. I mean, we're all over the here? place. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. This was a, a bit of randomness. Started out like totally unintentional, but it was a good conversation, regardless. You know that yeah, was, it, it stayed it stayed uh, energized. It stays energized, and then the the pickup thing is going to be very curious. But sure. we'll see. Yeah, we should find uh, out who our like favorite tone people are. That'd be kind of an interesting episode, maybe, and what mm-hmm. pickups they use, and then we order some of those or whatever, and put yeah. them on, and like see if we can get close. But there's so many other factors like what pedals and see if I using those evolution ones now. Yeah. You yeah. know what? I got blazes for my carbon at one point and I hated those pickups. Hmm. Um, those were the seven string ones. I, yeah, I could never yeah. get it. to sound good. And I don't, anyway, it made me think that that wasn't true. <laughs> the pickup thing. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even sound like him either. It just wasn't good. Yeah. But, Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, Anyways, all right. Till next time. Later. Wait, I was gonna.